Hoopball Podcast listeners. Are you a fantasy expert and want to write or podcast for Hoopball? Do you have aspirations of covering a team? Are you a master of sales and want to earn some cash on the phones? Well, we've got good news. Hoopball's recruiting. If you think you have what it takes, hit us up at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or by emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Again, that's at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome back, everyone. It is I, Lyle Swithenbank, back with another installment of the Pelican Scoop, a hoop ball.com presentation. The Pels won. I'm just going to dive straight in. Fantastic result. And I have a very special guest today, Doug Potts, uh, one of our other hoop ball professionals that uh, love to give his insights. He's going to chat with us coming up. Otherwise, make sure, as always, you like and subscribe. Give us the five stars if you feel that way inclined. I'm Lyle Swithenbank, at Lyle Swithenbank on Twitter, at HoopBallPels is the show. Make sure, before we dive in, that we go and check out manscaped.com. Go and get yourself a Lawnmower 3.0, use the code HOOPBALL20, and that'll get you 20% off and free shipping for all of your manscaping needs, whether that be socks or jocks or the Lawnmower 3.0 with a built-in LED light. Always good fun when you've got one of those and you're shaving in the dark. And our other partner is mybookie.ag. So you want to go and have a punt, make sure you go and do it over there. Use the code HOOPBALL at sign up. That'll give you a free MLB futures bet. Uh, I think it's a $10 futures bet that you'll get to use there. And you'll also have a deposit match 100% uh, of your original deposit. So make sure you go and check those guys out as well because they keep us running. Now, enough of my formalities i'm going to bring in doug doug how are you going yeah i'm doing good i'm doing good lyle thanks for having me on happy to be here oh pleasure's all mine i mean we've been we've been trying to tee this up for a little while now and uh finally 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 watch the same game and we're uh we're on to it yeah you know with the time change it's a little bit difficult but i think we're all on the the same path here so uh it's good to be on with you to talk a little bit of pell's basketball yeah for sure and uh we, uh, we were tweeting a little bit or texting a little bit uh, during the game and, and we we're both watching it. Pels won. Spoilers alert, yes. but they, they won. Oh. Yes, definitely well-needed win too for them. Really a, a pressure a pressure point win, I suppose. You know, really a, a release, sorry. I, I guess um, it was a, a must win, I suppose, to keep a flicker of hope alive to even sneak into the night seed. Now, um, 
as we've talked about previously on the show, uh, you know, we need to make the ninth or the eighth seed to be able to get into this into the playoffs um, to trigger a play-in if we get within three games of whoever's sitting in eighth, which is currently the Memphis Grizzlies, but uh, the Portland Trailblazers are hot on their trail. Uh, what are your takes of the bubble so far? We'll, we'll go from the top down, I suppose. What, what have you thought of the whole thing? You know, I was a little skeptical at first, to be honest. I think a lot of us were just to see this is all new for everyone. Uh, once we got, uh, you know, kind of the, the the games in the bubble when it came to the preseason or, or you know, the uh, scrimmage games, they call them. Uh, the court, you know, this first chance seeing the court and seeing how that all played out. And I was a little skeptical even after those games. But once we got to the seeding games and actually got to see how the, the full on court looked and, you know, the digital screen with the digital fans and, you know, how they projected the, the different advertisements and a home arena um, details onto the court. Uh, you know, after, you know, the first quarter, you didn't even realize you weren't watching a legitimate regular season game. So hats off to the NBA. I think they've done really well with this and uh, controlling the, the ins and outs of the bubble and the overall display and, and fan enjoyment, I think is still there. So I think they did a great job. They've smashed it, honestly. I, I think the graphics and, um, yeah, even the, the electronic fans that they've put in there, like the people zooming in or, or being projected, I just think it's such a nice touch and sort of making the best of a, of a bad situation, I guess, you know. Um, in terms of being able to watch it, obviously um, no one's there live watching it, but as a, as a spectator watching it on TV, it's, um, I think it's, it's as good as it's been, you know. We don't get, obviously there's not the big crowd there and there's not all the, the pure enjoyment, but um, I think from the, uh, the actual broadcast uh, perspective, it's been pretty good. Yeah, you know, actually on the way home from work, I, I, you know, games are starting so early over here mm. in, in the States. And uh, on the way home from work, I, you know, I wasn't uh, in front of a TV, so I turned it on the radio, on the, uh, the NBA um, Sirius XM radio there. And, you know, it, it, it sounded like a legitimate regular season game. And they were piping in the, uh, the fan, uh, you know, sounds and the crowd noise. Uh, you know, all the radio broadcasters, you know, they, they have doing this. They're, they're familiar with the fast movement and a lot of announcing. And it, it really did sound like a regular season game with the, the way they have it set up on the radio. So... They did a good job. Good job. Yeah, I don't mind the piped in crowd noise. They uh, they tried it in the the AFL over here, the Aussie Rules Football and the uh, the NRL, the Rugby League. And um, you know, if watching on TV, it's actually it adds to it. You don't see that much of the crowd anyway in the broadcast. Like maybe you see the stands now and then they're a bit empty, but otherwise, yeah, I, I think it, it adds to the, the the viewing and and I suppose the listening as well. You know, it, it's part and parcel. Like, yeah, yeah and if you're familiar with the Lakers games too, you know they they have the lights out on the fans um, when you in the regular season when we were yeah. watching it before. So you really didn't see the fans at that point. I mean, you saw a couple of the high dollar seats around the arena, uh, close to the to the court side, but other than that, you really didn't see the fans. So you know it's kind of home for us uh, Lakers fans to see that. So yeah, and uh, and speaking of the Lakers, I mean, well, we might as well dive into the Pelicans. Uh, and the Lakers have a, have a bit of a, a crossover, I suppose, in that half of the team that uh, the, the Pelicans currently run out were all ex-Lakers. They, they came across in the, uh, the Anthony Davis trade, at the, well, I suppose, in the off-season. Um, it was a big thing for the Pels. They had nine new players on the team, which, I mean, huge roster change. Um, uh, give us a... Give us an idea as to how uh, the Anthony Davis has been received at the Lakers. Have they have they embraced him? I mean, they've been pretty good on the court. 
Yeah, well, I mean, with a win record like that, it's hard not to embrace them. And we've come a long way, six seasons without going to the playoffs. And now we're obviously in the playoffs, you know, locking up the number one seed. You know, I am a diehard Lakers fan, have been for a long, long time. Uh, however, anytime that the Pels are not playing the Lakers, I'm, I'm a huge Lake, uh, huge Pelicans fan. I really am. Uh, you know, it, like you said, it kind of makes sense because half the team used to be Lakers as well. And, you know, I'm from Kentucky, uh, state of Kentucky, and we have a lot of players coming out of Kentucky going pro and it, you know it, for a while it was hard to watch college uh, games because you know all these young guys I like to see them progress and you know get better and throughout the years you learn their names and their, 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 their techniques but they, they move on to the NBA so fast on you know, the one and done thing and it was kind of like that way with the, the Lakers too you know I really enjoyed some of those struggle years uh, when we were getting those second round picks and whatnot and you had the young young Laker team you know, you get to see them progress. You get to see them learn throughout the season. You know, I'm, I'm a, an ex-coach. I used to you know, coach um, semi-competitive basketball. And, you know, I like, to, I like that as, as a coaching side. I like to see them grow. And, you know, it was nice to see that young team. But um, that trade was, was a huge trade. And actually, tonight's game against Washington had a lot of Laker, ex-Laker players. You know, you had Thomas Bryant and uh, Mo Wagner on the, uh, the Washington side and also uh, Isak Bonga, mm. you know. So not only Pels uh, had some Laker, ex-Lakers, uh, but Washington did as well. So it was a very enjoyable game for me to watch uh, and see their progression because they have definitely progressed after they've uh, left the Lakers. Yeah, I mean, guys like Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, uh, Lonzo Ball, you know, he, I think, has benefited by, especially by uh, leaving the Lakers because he got out of that spotlight. You know, they always talk about the bright lights of Hollywood and and. I suppose the spotlight's right on you. It doesn't help that his dad liked to turn himself into a bit of a um, carry on himself. And and he never really got that chance to be a young player developing in the league. You know, he's a high draft pick, what, number one or number two, wasn't he? And, yeah, um, you, you know, he never, uh, he never really got that chance to actually just learn how to be an NBA player. It was all sort of the fandom forced onto him. And, and you know, you've got to do what your family wants you to do, I guess, for the most part. Um, so I think him coming down to New Orleans has been a big benefit for him. And we saw, I suppose, in the second half of the season, once he got his legs under him, an improved jump shot. He was, he was playing at a, high, uh, at a high level compared to a lot of other point guards in the league. And, um, yeah, I think his development's just been awesome. Yeah, you know, he, um, he was really highly touted uh, out of college. You know, a lot of people had you know, high hopes for him. And I think we're just now seeing what uh, what people were saying. Now, anytime uh, someone leaves the Lakers and goes to another team, it's like immediately they, they were trash and now all of a sudden they're great. And it's just, I think, also because that hatred for, for Lakers, uh, if you're not a Lakers fan. But, uh, you know, it seems to be that way. Jordan Clarkson left the Lakers and he, he went on to Cleveland. He got a little bit better. And all these players that leave the Lakers, and you're right, it's a lot, a lot of pressure on these guys uh, being out there in L.A. and Hollywood and the bright stars. But Lonzo Ball definitely has improved, and I'm happy to see that. Um, I was always a huge fan of Lonzo. His court vision, you know, everybody kind of – they kind of judge people on, you know, the ability to score in this league. And, and, you know, that's not what Lonzo does. You know, Lonzo is a Rajon Rondo kind of player. He's, he's about assist. He's about court vision. Between him and, and LeBron, I still think Lonzo and LeBron have the best court vision in the game right now um, just to be able to see everything. Now, unfortunately, Lonzo doesn't see all the, the turnovers – uh, coming, uh, but he'll get there. You know, he's he's improving, and he's always going to get better. He's uh, he's scoring better now. His three-point percentage has gone up, 
you know, whenever he was with LA, his three point percentage was uh, 30 and 32%. Now it's up to 37%. So every year it gets better and better. Uh, and it's just, you know, that new shot mechanic, I think helped too for Lonzo. Absolutely. And he, he really did, uh, yeah, take some strides. And I suppose that's all just a natural progression, isn't it? His court vision is unparalleled. You, you hit the nail on the head with that. I mean, he, he, I saw him pull a rebound down today and I giggled at it because I was just thinking of it. And um, he, he looked straight down the court and threw it like, yeah, full court down to the other end and, and we scored. And, and, you know, you see these plays where no one else would have even thought to, to do that. Oh, will bring the ball up. We'll do another half court set if we don't get out on, on the break. But for a guy that forces a fast break out of one that probably wasn't one, like I, I, I don't think many guys would be able to think of doing that, let alone then execute it. And yeah, you're going to get right. a couple of turnovers, but um, I just love it. I love his his go go attitude. And it works well with uh, with Zion when he when he plays. Oh yeah, him and Zion together is just. I mean, you guys got a good core there long term. It's just fun to watch, and that's exactly what New Orleans needed. They needed you know that fast paced, fun to watch basketball to get people excited again down there in New Orleans. And uh, between Lonzo and Zion, you guys have that you know in the future locked up for sure. So happy to see. Yeah, it's exciting. And another guy that developed is Brandon Ingram. You know, he came down. Was, he was another number two draft pick as well, I think, behind uh, yep. Ben Simmons. And uh, he came down, first-time All-Star. He looks like an absolute beast at, at times, you know, uh, the bubble up and down. But uh, for the most part, he's been, he's been awesome. Yeah, you know, they, um, he's like the leading candidate, I think, right now in a lot of people's minds for that Most Improved Player Award. And uh, I would kind of tend to agree with him. He's kind of taken that score role uh, down there in New Orleans, and especially beginning part of the year before Zion, you know, came back from his injury. It was basically Brandon Ingram's team. I mean, you still got Drew Holiday there, the veteran, but uh, Brandon Ingram kind of took things, you know, kind of took the bull by the horns, so to speak. But some of the things that people don't really realize – you know, Brandon Ingram is scoring more this year down in, in New Orleans. He's just getting a 24.1 points. Uh, and if you look at all his numbers, it's really, it's coming from him being more aggressive. You know, his free throw percentage went up to almost 20%. He was at 67.5% playing with those last year in the Lakers. He went up to 85.1% on his free throws. Now he's also scoring more because he gets to the line. He's actually shooting 5.9 free throws a game versus 5.6 that he was shooting in LA. So his, you know, his field goal percentage actually went down, but uh, his three-point percentage went up, and so did his free throw percentage and attempts per game. And I think that's really where you're seeing, you know, the, the mature version of uh, Brandon Ingram come in and just kind of, you know, really being aggressive, and, and that's how he gets that 24.1 points per game. Sure, yeah. he really developed, and, and, you know, it was a testament to him. I don't think – the Pelicans would even be in this situation at all if, if his development hadn't been so, um, I suppose, rapid this year. And, and mm-hmm. it looked like an improved guy. I mean, it was. You, you hit the nail on the head. He, he, it was his team for the most part. You know, Zion came back and, and the usage dropped a bit. And I think they were learning to play together. So you hadn't really seen much of it until, I suppose, there was a couple of preseason games. You do your training camp and then he was injured. But, um, you know, Brandon Ingram, that confidence, I think, not playing next to LeBron or under LeBron, you know, that I think is a, is a massive uh, pressure relief as well. I think the expectation when you're playing with a guy of that caliber is that I need to be good now. I need to improve now. Um, and 
I don't think um, New Orleans has that, uh, I suppose, win-now mentality. It's a develop, grow, and whatever we get out of this is exciting. You know, of course we want to make playoffs this year, but, um, you know, Brandon Ingram has had that chance to grow, and, and we've seen it, and hopefully it becomes a long-term uh, staple at the uh, Smoothie King Centre. Yeah, you know, I think that, honestly, Lyle, the, one of the best pickups that New Orleans got this year um, was uh, David Griffin. Um, I think with him, he's really, he's really kind of been the father figure, so to speak, in, the, in regards to the team uh, with these young guys and, you know, kind of helped relieve some of that pressure. You know, he, knows, he knew what he was working with and he knew the timeline. Uh, you guys got a, a great, uh, great front office guy there. And, and you know, I, I was a big fan of him when he was on NBA TV. And, you know, of course, he came from Cleveland uh, playing um, up there in the office with LeBron. So, uh, he knows those big stars and those, you know, those lights. But at the same time, he's done a really good job kind of tailoring expectations for this team, too, in the media and uh, how to handle the media. And uh, that trade that he organized and orchestrated with L.A. was you know, he got every single thing he wanted, plus some, I think. I mean, it was a huge trade. So you asked me earlier about that trade with A.D. and how we're welcoming him. And obviously, He's a great player, all-star player uh, in the running right now for defensive player of the year. In my opinion, he should be in the running as well for most um, most valuable player. Uh, if you look at it, he's actually leading his team in 13 categories. Uh, but LeBron James is the assist leader in the league. So, of course, LeBron is, you know, in, in the running for MVP. But you got to look at AD, too. You know, he's got 13 category stats under his record, under his belt, that leading the team. And so um, Anthony Davis is a great player. My only concern with Anthony Davis is his, his injury um, history, you know, and that's just that, that mentality of, hey, we're going to go out and, and run him and use him. But at the same time, you got to be careful because if he goes down, that's a lot of points, a lot of rebounds. That's 13 stat categories that you have go down as well to where when you have Alonzo Ball, a Brandon Ingram, a Josh Hart, Isak Bonga, and like all these other players, if one goes down, the other ones can step up, you know, and, and kind of help a little bit recover some of those stats and some of those categories. So you're really putting all your eggs in one basket, uh, no pun intended there, uh, with, uh, with the one player in Anthony Davis. He is by far uh, someone you definitely want to go after. You know, I heard someone say the other day that, uh, you know, LeBron is the key that unlocked Anthony Davis, and in turn, Anthony Davis was the key that also unlocked LeBron. You know, they play absolutely well together. So uh, AD was a, a good pickup for us uh, being in the Lakers. Um, but we did lose a lot, a lot of pieces to get that. So um, I hope that AD, you know, does re-sign with us uh, this year. And, you know, when it comes to Brandon Ingram, he's a free agent as well at the end of this year, a restricted free agent. So, Lyle, wouldn't that be just fantastic if you went to the negotiating table you know, being Brandon Ingram with the most improved player of the year award under your belt. Imagine taking that to the negotiating table when you're negotiating a contract. I just walk straight in with it and just put it on the table and say, just, what's what, how much what um, am I getting? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So where's where's my check? Um, yeah. And I think they have to do that anyway. I think um, regardless of if he wins it or, or where we end up in the standings, I think, um, he returns to the Pelicans on a max contract. I think he has to. Um, I mean, he's restricted free agent, so if someone comes with a max offer sheet and we try to lowball him, which I, I don't think David Griffin, I completely agree with um, that he's a, been an awesome addition and, and to rebuild a team and, and to get it to its 
I suppose, almost playoff success in its first season with all the uh, adversity. I think he has been a great addition, but I genuinely think that, that Brandon Ingram's going to get a max contract he's, and he's going to come back. And I don't think we let a guy of that talent walk. I think we've got enough young players on rookie-scale contracts that we can afford a max player, and I think he's showing it. I mean, what is he, 22 or 23 years old, and he's getting all-stars already. He's only going to get better um, as he keeps developing, keeps getting that confidence, keeps getting stronger. Those three-pointers fall more and more often. Free throw um, picks up as well. And I think he has scope as well to turn even more into a point forward and have that real assist ability as well. We've seen him do it on occasion, but I think he has that strong, um, I suppose, court awareness. And he's a guy that uh, I'm excited to see. I mean, I'm hyping him hard, but uh, I just reckon he's awesome. I'm very, very impressed with that man. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I, I would I would hype him as well if I was you because he's a great piece to have on your team. You know, at 22 years old, like you said, averaging 14 or sorry, 4.2 assists per game. You're right. That, you know, point forward is definitely in the cards for him. I can see that happening, especially hanging out with people with court vision like Alonzo Ball. So, um, you know, funny story with with Ingram. He went to Duke, obviously, uh, in college. But before Duke, he went to a high school in a little known town called um, Kinston, North Carolina. And I was in the military, actually stationed in the town right next door. So I've been I've been following Brandon Ingram and hearing his name for for many years. Uh, he he was down there, and even in that town, whenever I was down there, people were talking about him. So uh, I'm glad I'm glad to see that he ended up in a place that he really is accepted and belongs. I. I think if I was Brandon Ingram, whenever coming into this free agency market, I would go straight to New York and say, hey, what can you give me? I want to come to New York. I want to play for you, knowing very well that the New Orleans Pelicans are going to match any contract he gets. I think that New York would be wanting to give him that max contract, you know, and that that he could take back to New Orleans and say, okay, here's what I want you to match, you know, and obviously – New York's going to offer him a max contract, I think, if he went up there. New York really would love to get him a Brandon Ingram. They need a score up there, and he would be great up there, in my opinion. But I know that New Orleans is going to match, and that's that's exactly what they should do. Yeah, I don't think they'll be able to pry him away. But, I, yeah, I think New, New York would um, absolutely benefit with a guy like that. I think his uh, personality as well, it's, it's quite subdued, and he's not a big flashy guy, would actually work well in New York. Um because there's not that expectation to be, uh, I suppose, loud. If they already know what he's like, the hype doesn't have to be there. So, um, especially with a struggling, struggling New York team, uh, it's just horrible to see that team just yeah. struggle year after year. But uh, I suppose to the uh, to the benefit of everyone else, because they're uh, <laughs> they're down the bottom. But uh, we'll change pace a bit, and we'll have a chat about the game today. I suppose the main thing and it has been throughout the whole bubble has been the Pelicans inability to make or to prevent unforced errors. They just lose the ball all the time. And I suppose it comes with the frenetic pace that they pay at, uh, that they play at, but oh, turnovers just absolutely kill you as a coach. Yeah. You know, as a coach, you're right. I see that. And it's just, it comes with, trying to get out and run, trying to get those, those passes to the right person. They had 18 turnovers tonight, you know, to, to go up against Washington's 13 turnovers. So you can't win a, win a ball game when you're just handing the ball over to the other team. And I used to tell my players all the time, you know, the ball moves faster than you do. 
and I want you to pass the ball because it, it'll move up the court faster. But make sure that you have a secure pass. You know, you got to protect that ball. Um, you know, if you if you have the more turnovers than the other team, you're just not going to win a game like that. Um, so especially with the percentage of shots that they had up tonight, um, you know, with the with the three point percentage, Pelicans are 34 percent. Washington was at 37. That was pretty even. You know, free throws were 84% for the Pels and 91 for Washington. You know, okay, we're starting to get a little bit of, of change there. So, um, you know, you, you've got to really protect the basketball when you're playing a game like this, especially to get into playoffs. In that first half where we turned the ball over 11 times and some of them were just like, oh, I thought someone was there. Well, <laughs> he's not. <laughs> Make sure you look before you make the pass. Um, right. and, and it is, just comes down to rushing. And there's a lot of young guys on there, and, and I know that, um, that that is a factor as well. But then when you get veteran guys like Drew Holiday turning the ball over, you're sitting there scratching your head going, you don't need to make that pass. You don't need to force it. Um, and it really was that, that first half. I mean, I was just – I was raging. I just was <laughs> – I was in disarray. I was like, we're going to throw this game away again. And it – yeah, throw you know, it away. You got, got a good coach down there. And you could definitely tell whenever, you know, they came out in the second half. I mean, they went into the half tight, I believe. Mm. Uh, they come out of the second half. And you could definitely tell that coach talked to them because they did kind of calm down a little bit. They kind of kept their composure. Um, they, they really kind of was more patient with the basketball. And, but yet they were still aggressive getting to the line. And that was good to see the number that really jumped out at me when I was looking at these numbers was JJ Redick. Uh, you know, usually you go to JJ and, you know, he's guaranteed three in the corner. He's a guaranteed, you know, three at the elbow. And he's got 27% three point percentage tonight. I mean, that was pretty low for them to win that game and him and JJ having a 27% uh, three point shot. You know, you definitely that, – that gives you hope for the next game. And that gives you, you know, some – okay, well, we still won and he was that bad for shooting tonight. You know, I can imagine what he's going to be like whenever he sees that in the box score because you know a veteran like that, he's going to fight hard. When he sees that, he's, he's, he's his own coach at that point. He's going to kind of you know, get himself in the shape and, and get ready for that next game. Yeah, 3 of 11 from 3. And one of them, he, it was just like this brutal air ball. And – the camera was in the perfect position to be directly behind him taking this shot. And it just didn't even look anywhere near hitting the backboard right. or the ring. And that is so uncharacteristic of JJ. And yeah, you're right. His mentality is that <laughs> he'll be getting on himself and uh, no doubt will come out and shoot the lights out next game. Well, fingers crossed, touch wood and all that, um, that, mm -hmm. he, uh, that, that he does come back. But I mean, still 15 points, but uh, that is a killer when, when the three-pointer wasn't falling. And I mean, across the board, our three-pointers, yeah, we end up shooting, what, 37%, oh, wasn't it? For, uh, 34% 34 from three. from three. Yeah. Which is not too bad, but it came in spurts. I think a lot of them fell in the third, third quarter, whereas the first half, it was like there was a lid on it. And I think forcing the threes as well, I saw a couple of uh, – there was a Lonzo pull-up uh, in transition, which he probably didn't need to do. He could have just been patient. Uh, mm -hmm. I know uh, Brandon Ingram took a contested three in the middle of the shot clock, and – Things like that, I mean, that's going to play into that percentage. If if you're taking those shots and you're not in rhythm, all of a sudden you put a you put a cold stamp right next to your name and uh, and nothing's going to go in. It feels like the uh, you're shooting through the eye of a needle. Yeah, the, the lid was definitely on there. So, uh, you know, the other number that stood out. Uh, speaking of veterans, was Drew Holiday. Mm. Drew Holiday had seven turnovers tonight. He led the uh, the Pels in turnovers. 
So it's not just Lonzo Ball that, you know, people are going to want to beat up on, of course, because he's, he's Lonzo Ball. But it's also your veteran, you know, that, that had seven turnovers. And I don't know if it was just that they weren't clicking the night or they were trying to push it too much or, or he was trying to share the ball more than, more than he needed to. But seven turnovers to lead the, the team, that's, that's pretty rough there too. And he's been really bad at holding on to the ball, Drew, this, uh, this bubble. I mean, he's had a game with six. He's had another game, I think, with four. Um, yeah, he's been one of the, the worst. We do get on Delonzo a bit, but, um, yeah, Drew has been bad at taking care of it. I suppose on the flip side, he finished with six assists, which is not that great, but 28 points. And I think for the most part, he, he kept us in it. But, um, yeah, those seven yeah. turnovers, they are killers. They are no good. Yeah, obviously leading the team in points, you know, that's that's what you want from Drew. But, you know, his defense, you know, he's touted as one of the um, the most underrated players in the league because of his defense. And he's just, you know, a pit bull whenever he gets there and, and gets in that defensive stance. Uh, and he, he played the also the uh, most minutes tonight for the Pels, the 37 minutes played. So he was out there on the floor quite a bit, which also probably led to the, the higher points, but also the turnovers. Yeah, I suppose it comes with fatigue and the like. There's probably a number of factors. But again, one of them was uh, as simple as he thought he was doing a pick and roll and the bloke didn't run. <laughs> he just right. passed straight to to um, to the Wizards and they just ran it up the other end. And, you know, turnovers like that are just frustrating because in your head you go, yep, that's the play I need to make. That's the play we're doing. And then you're mm-hmm. not on the same level with the other guy. And all of a sudden, you're giving them an, an easy turnover. They're the ones that frustrate me. I don't mind the ones where um, you either overplay it or, or, you know, the other guy, the defense was 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 better. Um, but the ones where you just throw it out of bounds because you think someone's there and they're not, those are the ones that just absolutely kill you as a coach. I reckon that you make you shake your head and you see Alvin sitting on the bench just like, <laughs> why are you doing this to me? Um, yeah, he's and unfortunately we couldn't do any lip reading because he had his mask on, like, a, like the coaches are supposed to be wearing. But I'm sure he wasn't, uh, he wasn't, you know, speaking the best terms either. <laughs> yeah, for <laughs> sure. No, you can see it. the eye. Yeah. He's very expressive with his eyes and his eyebrows, and at times you see yeah. <laughs> some yeah. eye rolls and ugh, shakes of the head. But um, you know, that's all part of it, I guess. I mean, you've been a coach. I'm sure you you've sat on the sidelines at times and just shaking your head, said, "What is happening here?" Yeah, I can remember, especially one time we were down by two and, uh, you know, I was yelling at the team to foul, 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 because it was the, the end of the clock, end of the game, you know, foul them, put them to the line to shoot two and uh, they didn't. And what ended up happening, they ended up winning it with a game winning uh, three point from the corner. So, yeah, I know exactly what the, what the coach is, uh, is thinking there. So it's, it's not always fun. But, you know, one thing I wanted to tickle your brain about a little bit there, Lyle, was uh, one person was obviously missing on the court tonight. Uh, and that was Zion Williamson. Um, and so my, my question to you, you know, as a Pelicans fan and, and, and you know, host of this podcast is, you know, the Pelicans are at a point where they are, they're fighting for that ninth spot, you know, uh, fighting Portland, basically. Uh, what is your mindset on whether or not to continue to play Zion to get to that ninth spot? Or do you, you know, play him 15 minutes a night to kind of keep him warm, get him some play time, or do you, do you just kind of sit him on the bench and not play him and risk injury? It's that question has been one that I think has been everyone's asking about it because it is so strange. This whole Zion situation, you know, he went away for 13 days. He had a family emergency, left the bubble, came back and he's been on this burst restriction 
And so when he has been playing, he's been playing 15, 20 minutes a night in three-minute increments. And how do you get your rhythm in playing in three minutes um, as, a, as a starting unit or and as a player? I don't think it's... It's, it's beneficial. Uh, they're saying that the the medical staff and the like have come out and said, oh, you know, he, we don't want him to do soft tissue injury and it's all about the future. understand that. Um, but I suppose it's a pros and cons. I mean, after tonight's win, I think they're probably on the right track in, in, uh, in resting, especially after losing to the Kings. If we had won the Kings, I think Zion would have played tonight. Um, but unfortunately, because of the situation we sit in and, and Portland keeps winning and Memphis won, you're sort of in a situation where do we go whole hog on Zion risk an injury that could happen? I mean, we've seen it with a few of the other guys and other teams uh, yeah, like uh, Jonathan Isaac uh, is, is done. Ben Simmons dislocated his knee, you know, all these different, um, different injuries with a guy that, has only played, I suppose, 22 games now uh, of professional basketball. Do you risk this cornerstone franchise, face of NBA 2K21, the face of the franchise, the NBA, right. the, the, Nola's uh, irrelevant again. Do you risk that for the chance of us to get swept by the Lakers in the first round? Or do you look to next year when you've had a whole season, everyone's on the same page, you know, you've got another year of experience, and I think that really is the mentality that they're going with. I think it is Zion is the number one asset that we hold. Everyone else can play. And if we win, awesome. And we'll play him now and then. But Zion's the cornerstone for this team for the next X number of years. You know, we want this guy long term. We want, you know, the, I think the feeling is that this guy is a transcendent talent. I think he's phenomenal. And if he can develop into a player um, that then gets spoken about in, in the the heirs of these Hall of Famers and the like. And I know it's a lot of expectation on a 20-year-old, but that's the feeling with this kid, that he is next level. And I don't think they want to rush him for this coronavirus-forced bubble where we're not in a position to win a flag this year or a championship this year. So, honestly, I, I think everyone wants to see him play, but they understand that he might not and the restrictions they're putting on him. If I'm the coach or the general manager and the training staff, I'm holding him out. I'm saying you come in, you build a bond with your teammates. We're all going to come back next year. We're going to be fresh and we're going to try this all again when we've got a bit more certainty as to how this league's going to play out. And, you know, we're all sleeping in our own beds, hopefully. Um, So really, I, I think... I'm not upset that he's not playing. I'm upset that I don't get to see him because I reckon he's awesome. But I'm not upset for a long term, from a long long term standpoint as a Pels fan. Okay. Mm. Well, you know, when you're looking at it, and I kind of tend to agree with you um, at this point in, in the juncture of what we're at now. If they if they would have been you know 500 in mm. this uh, in this resumption so far, if you know they so as it stands right now, if I'm not mistaken. The Pels need to win out, right? They need to yeah. win the rest of every the games, game. every game. And the Portland Trailblazers have to be two and three in that time frame. Yeah. As, le- as long as they're two and three, they're going to beat the New Orleans Pelicans if they win out. So I think if, if they're going to play Zion at all, the rest of this resumption, it would have been tonight's game. Yeah. Um, because they're at a point to where if they win, you know, one, two, three, four more games – 
you know, they can at least say, hey, we had an, a chance to get in, so we needed to play Zion. Now, if they wait and they play Zion not next game but the next game after that or if they play him any other time in the rest of this resumption, it's for nothing basically. And if he does get injured, they have nothing to go back on to say, well, we, we had to play him because we, we were tr- still had an, a chance to get in the playoffs. They don't have a chance to get in the playoffs in another two or so games uh, if, they, if they don't win out. So I think if they're going to play him in the rest of this resumption, tonight would have been the night to play him. Uh, it's obvious they didn't need him to, you know, to get this win tonight, and that's great. I just do not see him playing uh, the rest of the resumption. The other option is, is they, they may possibly play him 10, 15 minutes a game. But if he does get hurt in that time frame, I just don't think that they want to answer for that. Oh, I think it is so risky, especially oh, in the last game, not the Kings game, the game before that against the, the Grizzlies. He came out of, he jumped and came out of his shoe and it was almost identical to how he, it looked like he'd blown his shoe out again, like he had at, uh, at Duke. Yeah, right. And I, you know, your heart's in your throat. You go and get up. And, and as soon as something like that happens, you go, is right now the time for us to push him to 100%? Do we unleash Zion right now? And I don't think it is. I think he really needs to go through a full preseason, a full season and, and, and develop. I, I just think it's so rushed at the moment. And, and you're exactly right. Who's going to answer for it if he goes and does an ACL or something playing during this? Touch wood and fingers crossed they haven't put any, any voodoo or any, anything on him from now. But, um, you know, what's to say that doesn't happen? Or a serious injury if they go and play him for these games, which basically meaningless. Right, right. Yeah, I just don't see it worth it for sure. Absolutely. I, I mean, so the Lakers. I mean, they've locked in top spot now, have they? Yeah. So they're uh, locked in the uh, the top spot in the West, and I think that that's you're seeing the the I guess the fruits of that now because you're you're not seeing LeBron didn't play last night. Uh, Anthony Davis still played. My guess is next game, Anthony Davis is going to take off and LeBron's going to play um, just because they want to stay fresh and they want to stay, you know, playoff ready, but uh, they don't have anything else to really fight for. And, you know, they want to get the rest of their role players in there. In fact, uh, the coach came out and said, you know, Hey, he's like, you know, I want to, I want to kind of broaden my, uh, my rotation a little bit so that these people feel these players feel like they have something, some skin in the game. You know, they feel like they're needed, they're relied on, you know, and I used to do the same thing as a coach. You know, you want to, you want to keep those players fresh and you want to give them a little bit of play time because it's no fun, you know, all that work and practice just to, you know, go to the game day shows up and you sit on the bench the whole time. You kind of lose that, you know, that effort, you know, and so, you know, good on the coach trying to get everybody involved, but yeah, locked up the number one seed. And uh, I'm, I'm, I think I'm starting to see a lot of teams doing that, resting their, their kind of star players uh, towards the end of this resumption because they're in the spot that they want to be in in the, in the playoffs or, you know, they don't – they're not really fighting for an additional spot or, or whatever. So, you know, they, I think the uh, Brooklyn Nets rested um, Karis LeVert the other night, some of their players, uh, and then Brooklyn ended up winning anyway, I think. Yeah, exactly. I mean – I saw the Jazz rested a couple of their players um, today. Connolly and, and Donovan Mitchell both sat out, which killed my fantasy team, but you get that. Um, <laughs> the Before we uh, we wrap it up, Doug, I just want to shout out uh, to you and, and Brent for what you're doing over at uh, was NBA Today. I loved the little featurette that you did. Uh, what's happening over there? How'd that go? 
It went well. So we uh, started a little featurette over there on the NBA Today podcast. If you guys uh, haven't subscribed to that, make sure you check it out. Basically, what we're talking about is we're trying to, uh, you know, basketball here, we at Hoopball, we're not just podcasters and writers. You know, we are diehard fans. And so because of that, you know, ball is life, you know, and, and there's more to basketball than just what's inside the lines of the arena. And so we talk a lot about, you know, bubble life, what's going on for these players down there in the bubble. You know, we break down uh, some highlight plays, you know, buzzer beaters. We talk about, you know, the um, the career highs that some of these players have been getting and just the way that people have been shooting down there. So we really t- get into depth about life outside of just the court. Uh, we do talk about the court a little bit, obviously, but uh, it's pretty good. Uh, a pretty good little feature right over there, NBA Today. So make sure you guys check it out. We release that every week over there. So. Yeah, it's awesome. Go and have a look at the first one. Um, there should be another one coming up, what, tomorrow, perhaps? Yeah, another couple yeah. of days, yeah. Yeah, awesome. So I'll be looking forward to that as well. Um, so where can we find you on Twitter? I, yeah, you find me at Twitter, at KYProBasketball. That's at KYProBasketball, where I uh, tweet out the nightly stats of all pro players that have gone pro from the Commonwealth of Kentucky colleges like Murray State and John Morant, UofL, UK, a lot of players uh, from Commonwealth of Kentucky. Uh, so find me at Twitter and be at KY Pro Basketball. Awesome. Make sure you go and do that, guys. Doug, I'd love to thank you for joining us again on the Pelican Scoop. That was great. I really enjoyed yeah, that. For sure. Absolutely. I'd love to have, uh, have me come back again sometime. For sure. No, we'll lock that in. That has absolutely. Next time the Pills play the Lakers as well, we'll, be, uh, we'll have to tee something up. There you go. For sure. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, So thanks again to Doug for joining us. It was great fun. Uh, no doubt we'll get him on again in the near future when the Lakers play the Pels. Fingers crossed that's round one of the playoffs. Now next game coming up is the Pelicans taking on the Spurs, and that comes up at 3 p.m. Eastern time. So make sure you tune into that. Big game. We basically need everyone else to lose. Super important for any chance of us getting into the playoffs, we have to win this game. We need the Kings to lose. We need Blazers to lose. We need the Suns to lose. We need the Grizzlies to lose. So if every other team that comes against them, please give them a hiding because we need it so that we can get in there and then Doug can come back on and, and we can talk about a Pelican sweep in the first round. Just kidding. I'm No doubt we'll, uh, we'll beat the Lakers if we get in there. But uh, anyway, guys, that is enough of me rattling on. Make sure you tune in, support your pals. As always, I'm Lyle Swithenbank at Lyle Swithenbank on Twitter at HoopballPels is the show. This has been another installment of the Pelican Scoop. Bye for now. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.